0: Okay, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, welcome to another free association. Um, I want want to just talk for a few minutes and then I've got a a piece of Dr. Peter McCullough to play. It's about half an hour long, so I'll, I'll be online for maybe 40 minutes, 35, 40 minutes. So what's been happening over the last few days is I posted an interview that Brett Weinstein did with Dr. Peter McCullough. And it started to get some traffic. I, I didn't know why, but it's getting a lot of traffic. And it turns out that he's just been on the Joe Rogan show. So I'm picking up some of Joe Rogan's audience. I think. And what I w and it the podcast's now getting five hundred downloads a day, which is way more than it was getting just two weeks ago. It's gone from 60 downloads a day to 500 downloads a day. So that's the difference that that picking up a bit of Joe Rogan's audience makes. So I'm not going to let it go to waste. Um, So I found another interview with Dr. Peter McCullough. This is from a couple of months ago, but it's a a good interview. Some good information in there. I want to introduce the Joe Rogan audience to uh, the things that are on BitChute because if you don't know where to look, then you won't find them. So bitshoot.com is where I found this and you'll find a lot of Dr. Peter McCullough on there, you'll find uh, Mike Eden on there. You'll find lots of people who were well-informed and well-qualified speaking in a different way to the mainstream media. There's There's some sensationalism on there as well. So don't get caught up in the sensationalism, but there's some good information on Bitshoot, and it's worth taking a look. If you know specifically what you're looking for, that'll help. So just do a search for Dr. Peter McCullough, and you'll find this this piece, which is uh, from three months ago, I think, and he's speaking to Voices of Freedom. And it's a condensed version that somebody's put together. Uh, it's about half an hour, so I'll just let it play, and then. Uh, Hopefully, it's going to be of use to somebody. i brought right on national TV.
1: My vibration of the and some fair balance to discussion on the pandemic response. I have a lot of publication power. I'm considered one of the most published people in medicine uh, in the world. And um, I have a lot of medical authority, if you will. I've uh, had COVID-19 in October of 2020, and I I did the right thing. I got involved in research, so I was a research subject myself. It's common. My wife had it at the same time. I organized the first team of doctors to... um, synthesize a combination drug treatment for COVID-19 in the ambulatory phase. We published this in the American Journal of Medicine, still the most frequently downloaded paper for the journal for the entire year to show you the degree of importance that it has. It takes about four to six drugs used in a sequence combination to bring even the highest risk patient through COVID-19 at home without having the discomfort or the complications of hospitalization and and avoiding death. Ivermectin is an anti-parasitic drug. The drug itself has won a Nobel prize, uh, 60 supportive studies. It impairs the nuclear entry of the virus into the human nucleus cell. It also has a, some effect of uh, the anti-spike protein. And it's a little bit more diverse than hydroxychloroquine. It seems to have very positive data, both outpatient and uh, for inpatient use. And I've never let a high-risk patient in my practice go untreated. And I think it's only those who get no treatment. Those are the ones who end up in the hospital or heaven forbid die. One of the things that became clear early on, we learned this from the Chinese, is that this viral infection was amenable to risk stratification. So the viral infection meant different things in different people. So, for example, in a a child, I just today, I just saw a three year old child, for instance, That child's got COVID-19. It's nothing more than the sniffles. The child is plain and it's perfectly fine. It's going to be over with in a few days. And conversely, um, I just found out about someone much older who passed away in the hospital. So it can be anything from a very mild uh, common cold or upper respiratory illness in a child, to a fatal illness in uh, an adult, particularly an older adult. So we know age was an enormous factor in risk gratification, less than age 50, we basically don't have anything to worry about. The risks are far less than 1%. We can manage our way through it. Most people don't require treatment. Just prudent measures get through the illness. In order to get COVID-19, you have to be in a room with somebody face-to-face really for about three hours. It has to be that type of contact. And you're only gonna get that at home typically with a spouse or your kids. It's certainly wonderful to be COVID recovered. In many ways, it's a gift. Natural immunity is robust, complete, durable. It's, um, it's unbreakable. So natural immunity is wonderful. And uh, so I'm able to, to go about my, my business. Uh, probably the most important thing employers or governments or anybody would want to know is, is is who are the naturally immune people and, and how are they critically positioned in their jobs, particularly businesses. Uh, it's far more important to know than, than who's taking the vaccine. It's actually who's, who's got natural immunity. The vaccine immunity doesn't stop COVID-19, but natural immunity does. So it's very important that the PCR test is only applied in those acutely sick and the regulatory bodies in the united states have never approved the use of the pcr test or the antigen test for that matter in people with no symptoms never and the reason being is because if people don't have symptoms and we do these tests they're more likely to generate a false positive test than to generate a true positive test so they are only approved as a diagnostic aid in an acutely sick individual and under no circumstances should testing be done on asymptomatic individuals? So that means no weekly testing, no punitive testing. There's testing people getting on airplanes. Um, and none of that is, indica- is indicated or clear by any regulatory agency. Don't do it anymore. So if anybody, anyone listening here is in a leadership role and you're in a, a school or somewhere else and you're trying to make a decision about testing, just use testing in acutely sick individuals typically done by health professionals what you've talked about with the idea of lockdowns uh in, and uh, and drastic measures is this idea that somehow the virus isn't going to come back or you're going to get to zero cases well that's not the case and listen i've been to new zealand people in new zealand they go north island south island they like to move around and, and this idea that you're not going to move around for years if not decades and somehow the virus isn't going to blow onto the island is crazy i mean come on you know the world today is a mobile world the virus is going to move around you're not going to get to zero cases you have to have an early treatment program what should we do should we lock down everybody who's not sick no they're not sick and the good thing about covid 19 is that we know that you can only transmit the virus when you're sick so if you have two people who are not ill and they're out doing something they can't get each other sick so we don't have to worry about there's there's no such thing as asymptomatic spread it's far less than one percent two good papers cow and made have shown that that cow is in over 10 million people so this idea that you'd lock down uh, to try to reduce asymptomatic spread which doesn't happen that's not supportable so i'm here in texas uh we have um oh maybe coming up on 40 million people in texas if we were to go outside my house right now and walk down the street we have restaurants wide open We have people sitting shoulder to shoulder no masks not at all nothing okay and i can tell you we have you mentioned 36 cases or 40 cases or 60 cases we probably have that number of cases per hour right now i mean we're loaded with delta and you know what it's business as usual you know why because we're going to treat sick people early at home and we're going to get through this illness so you have to take reasonable prudent measures for sick individuals but under no circumstances should you have lockdowns. We know public masking doesn't work. So putting masks on on kids, uh, you know, wearing masks when you're out bicycling or driving by yourself, n- none of that uh, is, uh, is supportable. In fact, there's been 12 randomized trials of masks. The most recent one, the Dan Mask Trial, zero benefit of public masking. This idea of incessantly focusing on everybody else other than COVID, it disturbed me. So I just didn't like the theme of that. And it seemed to me a gamble. We're gambling an immediate opportunity to save lives. And we're focusing on people that are a lot of people who are well are never going to get COVID-19. They're never going to come in contact with COVID-19. It's mathematically impossible. If you actually just focused on the few New Zealanders, a few Kiwis that had COVID-19, you could have a very uh, focused program and handle the acute need just as we started to lay out the concept that we were going to have a genetic transfer technology injected into humans, have human bodies take up this genetic material for an undetermined period of time, and have an uncontrolled production of the spike protein, which we know was dangerous, and have it expressed in cells, and have our body attack our own cells, causing cellular and tissue destruction, and then having the spike protein then circulate in the body widely, causing more damage. We knew Within a few months, the spike protein was driving um, uh, injury to blood vessel cells. We published that from our lab. Uh, Dr. Zhang published that, causing blood clotting, which is disastrous. That's the final common cause of death in COVID-19. To have a vaccine introduce the final cause of death in uh, an individual is really a startling idea. So the spike protein is nothing but trouble. It looks like it's directly dangerous short-term, may have long-term dangers. And these vaccines, in fact, trick the body into producing the spike protein. It was offered free of charge. In fact, radio commercials have been drumming for months on this, and people literally just marched into vaccine centers and they were told to do it. They a lot of them are patriotic. A lot of patients came in and said they took the vaccine and I'm really excited. You know, it's signs, I trust signs, I love signs. I didn't say much. Um, but by March we started to see disturbing trends. It became obvious to me. Uh, where uh, there were deaths that were occurring after the vaccine. You know, our program started, I think, December 18th. January 22nd, we had 186 deaths after the vaccine. The limit that we would expect for a program this size is about 150. But by March, there was already 1,600 deaths that have occurred after the vaccine. And I can tell you, if we would have had a critical event committee Data Safety and Monitoring Board, Human Ethics Committee. When I do this, I've done this for um, the National Institutes of Health, big pharma, big device companies. I've done this dozens of times. I can tell you, I would have, in a committee, shut down the U.S. program in February because of excess mortality. We're currently at 13,000 deaths certified by the CT- CDC. Stunning. This is stunning. Uh, with the swine flu vaccine, you know, 25 deaths, the program was shut down. It ultimately got up to... 53 deaths, we had vaccinated 55 million people in the United States, 500 cases of Guillain-Barre. It was considered a public health failure. And here at 13,000 deaths, uh, there's no mention of a public health failure. In fact, we've never had a press briefing on vaccine safety or efficacy. I bet the New Zealand government has not made a single safety report. You have 1.8 million people in your country vaccinated. I bet you haven't seen a single safety report. No country has. Everybody should be disturbed about this. Wait a minute. This is a big public program. Where is the reporting on efficacy and safety? Well, two separate reports, one by McLaughlin out of London, uh, reviewed the data, reviewed the, uh, the vignettes that are available in bears, and determined that 50% of these deaths occur within 48 hours of the shot. 80% occur within a week. They are very strongly temporally related. And then an analysis by Rose and colleagues has shown that the non-fatal injuries are immunologic and hematologic, and they tend to skew towards younger people. They have a more vigorous spike protein production, and they cause even more damage in the human body. If we look in the yellow card system in the UK, the same pattern exists. So there is a very strong biologic plausibility, very strong temporal relationship. There's internal consistency within the U.S. and then uh, uh, certainly within age groups and everything that we see. There's external consistency between the the United States, the U.K., the E.U., uh, almost certainly Australia, New Zealand, if we can get the data. And on top of that, uh, it's very cohesive. That is, it's very consistent. And the signal is large. There's a large association. We have just fulfilled all of Hill's tenets of causality, meaning that the vaccine is we are very certain about this, the vaccine is directly killing individuals. This is a very important conclusion. It's directly killing individuals. Whatever we're seeing reported through spontaneous reporting systems, there must be many more people that didn't report it. Right. The data we just cited come from the Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System, VAERS. VAERS is managed by the CDC and the FDA. A report submitted to the Department of Health and Human Services in 2010 concluded that, quote, fewer than one percent of vaccine adverse events are reported by the VAERS system. Fewer than one percent.
0: What really worries me here
1: is that that is just the tip of the iceberg. There's a report to the select committee, the health select committee, about the CARMS database, and they suggest that only five percent of adverse reactions ever make it to the database we are at a point of tension in the United States. I can tell you there's an internet survey. It's out on Twitter. The question was asked, do you know someone in your circle, you know, extended circle, who's died of the COVID-19 vaccine in the U.S.? We have half the country vaccinated. Answer, 12%. People are talking, and, and you're talking about vaccine hesitancy. You know, no one's going to want to take a shot if they think that's going to end their life. That is a full stop vaccine hesitancy. You know, one of the things we say in medicine is called primum no nosere. That is above all, do no harm. And we should have a focus on safety, 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 safety. And if we're going to have a vaccine program roll out with a novel gene transfer technology program with a dangerous mechanism of action, which Pfizer does have a dangerous mechanism of action, boy, it better be safe. I mean safe. Now, if it was a drug and we're going to ask, uh, you know, 1.8 million Kiwis to take a drug, I got to tell you, with about five deaths, it would get a warning. Say Mm -hmm. it's a warning. Could cause death. 50 deaths, it's off the market. Gone. Because we have scores and scores of people, neurologically damaged, crippled, disabled, heart attacks, myocarditis, blood clots. I mean miscarriages stillbirths i mean it's extraordinary what's going on i want to live to a nice old age and i don't want to have a neurologic problem that i'm seeing develop and and senator johnson in the united states held a press briefing this was so bad he held a press briefing the first vaccine injury press briefing and people showed up many of these people were doctors or nurses and they participated in the original clinical trials their syndromes didn't evolve for six to nine months later had this one girl, she's paralyzed. She's in a wheelchair. She's got a feeding tube. She took one of the vaccines. The parents are horrified. Uh, The the pharmaceutical companies aren't responding. They're, you know, everything's indemnified. And if if there is a late emergence of these neurologic syndromes, or if we keep uh, increasing the risk with these, um, with these uh, boosters, remember for each successive shot, there's about an 80 fold increased risk of the side effects. I was called uh, this week by a doctor. She's in her forties. And uh, she said, Dr. McCall, I'm a doctor myself in the Midwest. I took Moderna back in March, and now I'm paralyzed. I have seizures. I'm in a wheelchair. I can't walk. And I said, do you think it was due with the vaccine? She goes, I was a perfectly healthy woman before I took the vaccine, and now I'm wrecked. I can't work. I'm on disability. And uh, I, I said, you know, did you report it to the CDC? Have you thought about going public so you can warn others? She goes, no. She goes, I didn't report it, and I didn't go public on it. I said, why not? She goes, my husband's a doctor and he's in the hospital. She goes, if I say anything against the vaccine, he's going to lose his job. There you go. He is not rare. It's not rare. Guys- Full throated 4,000 cases and strong. This is heart inflammation, tends to target young people. And the CDC and FDA looked at this in June. They had a universe of 600 cases. They had 200 cases to discuss. 90% of these kids were admitted to the hospital. That's how sick they were. The FDA is telling us it's dangerous. The FDA's put out warnings warning, warning Pfizer, Moderna, myocarditis. I'm telling you, as a parent, if you ask me, Doctor, do you want to bring your child in and have a vaccine and there's a chance they can get myocarditis? No. How many cases is worrisome? One. That's it. I just need to hear that once. It's out. Under no circumstances should anyone under 30 consider the COVID-19 vaccine. It's just not safe. COVID-19 is mild when there are severe symptoms, it's easily treatable. One would never ask a young person to take on the risk. You know how many deaths we have with the meningococcal vaccine? Zero. How many cases of myocarditis? Zero. That's the safety expectation of the COVID-19 vaccine. They better be giving us cases of zero, not lighting up a scoreboard with thousands and thousands of injured people. It's wrong. But the fundamental thing is that 12 to 15-year-olds can give consent or refuse consent, a treatment, if, you know, assuming competency. The legal the legal position's really clear in that um, young people have the rights to make their own decisions if, um, if deemed competent, and feels right that we need to assume competency. If there's a time for mothers to step up and save humanity, now's the time. Under no circumstances should a 12-year-old child be approached about taking an investigational vaccine and potentially making a fatal decision. That child cannot compute. We don't let a 12-year-old child decide on taking, you know, penicillin, uh, let alone uh, let alone a fatal vaccine. They come out of clinical trials and the answer is 90% vaccine efficacy. And what we started to hear is we started to hear about vaccine failures. Now, when someone naturally gets infection and recover, we never hear about failures, never. You know, by May 1st, our Center for Disease Control has 10,000 vaccine failures, probably with the UK variant and early variants. And what we learned is that 9% were hospitalized and 3% died. So, boy, that doesn't sound good. 10,000 is kind of a big number. That's a lot of people fully vaccinated, getting sick. So the next milestone is in July 26. Now there's a report, 6,000 Americans fully vaccinated in the hospital, and 19% die. And you probably are well aware of this. In Israel, far more than 80% of people who are developing COVID-19 are fully vaccinated. The Delta peak in Israel is just as big as the pre-vaccinated peak. They actually have a, they have two big peaks now, one unvaccinated, one fully vaccinated. It's obvious the vaccine is not stopping Delta. Almost everybody has uh, 80 90%, 100% Delta. Go over to Singapore, same thing. Go over to Iceland, same thing. Uh, Gibraltar, same thing. Uh, go up to the UK, a little different because they have Pfizer, Moderna, and AstraZeneca. Now we're talking about probably 50% of those with Delta are fully vaccinated. Um, uh, uh, And of those who are dying in the UK, it's about 65% fully vaccinated. Okay, 65%. And the death rates among those hospitalized uh, with Delta in the UK, as well as the United States, the death rates are higher then compared to unvaccinated. So a paper by um, Fahrenheit in Houston studied these individuals, and they were the one to break the news that a fully vaccinated person could get Delta, contract it, and pass it to another vaccinated person. Venkata Krishnan started studying this and found that the Delta variant, the, the spike protein had changed its confirmation where the antibodies from Pfizer cannot hit it. So the, the antibodies from Pfizer now are useless even in high concentrations they can't seem to hit delta adequately and then this whole thing blew open last week with a report out of oxford the tropical medicine unit located in ho chi Minh city vietnam uh they were able to actually to lock down the hospital they didn't let the workers leave the workers were in their quarters they were fully vaccinated workers with astrazeneca about two months after being vaccinated so as good as you're going to get and they started to develop Delta. It was a very well done study, it was published in Lancet. And then the bombshell finding was that the viral loads in the mouth and nose of those vaccinated were 251 times that from the, the uh, previous unvaccinated era. So as we sit here today, the vaccinated are, it appears to be super spreaders. They're carrying large amounts of virus and then passing it to the unvaccinated creating the delta pandemic increasingly the main variant that we're dealing with around the world is
0: the delta variant delta has been called a game changer and it is it means we need to again go hard and early to stop the spread that's why cabinet has met this afternoon and made the decision that new zealand will move to alert level four from 11 59 p.m tonight the
1: vaccinated are it appears to be creating the delta pandemic. Good afternoon everybody. It's good to be back. Uh
0: I begin today with some good news, some incredible news in fact. 80,000 New Zealanders got a vaccine yesterday by far the biggest day that we've had uh since we started rolling out the vaccine in New Zealand.
1: In the United States, most of the seniors are vaccinated. Only be vaccinated, who's getting delta? It's all the young people. And we're even seeing some deaths of people in their 30s and 40s. It's tragic. And it looks like it's a crisis of the vaccinated and the victims are the unvaccinated. Um, This is really kind of shaping up to be a disaster. I don't think anybody uh, had really completely expected this. Pfizer looks like it's a failed vaccine. And already Israel is saying boosters are rolling out the United States boosters for immune deficient individuals. And um, uh, the boosters are not adjusted for Delta. They're not adjusted even for the UK or Lambda or ADA. It's more of the same. It's more of the same vaccine that's not hitting the target right now. So the vaccine program is rapidly uh, um, spiraling out of control. Pfizer is really losing. I bet New Zealand has no doctor that has any type
0: of publication track record on TV. I bet they have. All right. that's, uh, That's probably enough. It's 25 minutes. And i think uh attention spans struggle after about 20 minutes um uh, so i'm gonna i'm gonna call that the the end of the show thanks for coming in code 23 i appreciate you uh i appreciate your support man and uh i'm gonna do some more of these because peter mcculloch is is a hot topic at the moment so i'm gonna find some more videos and i'll probably be back in about half an hour and, and play some more uh, but I'm going to close this down for the time being. But thanks for being here. Much appreciated. And I'll, I'll speak to you later. Probably about half an hour.